welcome. This is an awesome podcast. This yeah. is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> to the Jeff. There's a lot of whiskey, Jeff. Macalino. Jeff Macalino. 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 Podcast. Hey, hey, everybody. I got another long episode, so we'll keep the uh, intro brief. This episode was with me and my little baby brother, Joseph. Um, neither of us are babies anymore. <laughs> um, check out his books. Uh, yeah, if you have, you know, if you're interested in the high fantasy fiction uh, stuff, I, you know, I've I've read his book. I wouldn't admit this to him, and it's good. I don't I I don't like the fantasy stuff. It's a little too confusing for me because I'm a moron. But he's not. Well, in certain areas, we'll let you judge. Um, trigger warning. This was uh, this was a, a marathon day of me recording shows and drinking. I think I was about seven hours into uh, chugging pints of whiskey uh, when this episode was recorded. But I, I think it's good. There is a there is a part that I cut out because we were talking, because I was an idiot. We were talking about family stuff. It wasn't any drama or anything inappropriate. It was just not really compelling content um, in discussing a, a podcast. I don't think anyone really <laughs> wants to, gives a shit. So, uh, in essence, when you hear the mid-roll and then it picks up, not exactly where we left off. And it's not exactly a mid-roll. It's like 17 minutes into the discussion. Um, that's why. <laughs> so there it is. Uh, we, we, were talking, we were making stupid jokes. And then uh, you'll hear an ad for better help. And then we'll be in the tail end of a discussion that somehow got started. Um, somehow meaning me. Uh, but no, this was a, this was a fun one. Um, you know, and again, check out his, uh, his books. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I guess I'll see you on the flip side. All right, everybody. I am very pleased to welcome, I think for the record breaking fourth time, third time. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Third or fourth, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I should know. It's my show. <laughs> but anyways, it's Joseph Macolino. It's it's my brother. How are you, little brother? <laughs> oh, I am doing fantastic. Life is good. Life is good. You've got the baby that was kind of teased on the Silly Couple episode, by the way. Like, listening back, you know... <laughs> It was kind of teased to me, I think, before anyone else. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I'm just taking credit. See how good of a brother I am? I only I only have yeah. one brother to vouch for me, but I feel like he's he's on my side. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one sister in yeah, I also. Am. Yeah, well, I mean, that kind of makes sense. 
Well, I guess I had a couple sister sisters in law. I I don't know how divorce works with that. So there's an ambulance going by my window. So, all right, now we're good. <laughs> I didn't hear it on my end. I don't know if. Uh... Oh well, then I just ruined the beginning of this podcast. But hey, let's get into it. Joseph Macalino, author of The Rise of Yes Sturkle. Did I <laughs> did I pronounce that correctly or no? You're laughing. Yezerkstall. That Yezerkstall. was uh yes. Not Yezerk. <laughs> did I do that? Um oh sorry, I just stole the main punchline of the machine. Have you seen that movie yet? No. Burt Kreischer's movie on Netflix, The Machine. And I like Burt Kreischer a lot. As a stand-up and as an alcoholic, I respect him. But that movie, all of its punchlines are like based on like Austin Powers and Family Matters. It's horrible. Yeah, that doesn't sound too great. I mean, it was a, uh, it's worth watching. The Machine, watch it on Netflix because support comedy. Yay! <laughs> you can, yeah, you can I, I see, don't, hey. you can see me. <laughs> you know, in uh, in I, I will say my books are not very comedic in in tone in general. You know, they're kind of darker fantasy, but uh, in yeah, in no the first shit. one. <laughs> all, all three of them actually have some nods to uh, some of my favorite comedic things uh, in in the book. So the most recent book is actually the Battle for Arithal is what book three is called. So uh, you mentioned the Rise of Yazric Star. That's book two. Book one is the Birth of Death. And in book three, um, see, I, I, I keep teetering back and forth. I almost want to say this is where there's a there's a nod to this. In, in book three, but I don't know if I want to. I think I want to leave it open because there's yeah. still the the nod in the first two. I've still not gotten a comment yet for the nods in the first two books. And I'm waiting for someone to be like, wait a minute, is this from this movie? Is this from this TV show? Because there are, I, there's, I, I plan to always have little subtle nods to uh, some of my favorite comedic things, because again, even though the books might not be comedies, I I always enjoy a good laugh. So, yeah, no, and and, and let me um, uh, let's dive into the writing process. If that's cool with you, because you and I had this conversation in person, and I I discussed this with a writer and there's no way you would have heard this podcast because it came out only a few hours ago this earlier um uh i had this discussion with a writer from the uk and i said my brother and i had this conversation and i was drunk i may have been high you might have been drunk i don't know let's not classify things <laughs> but, but uh it was about characters versus story, meaning I, I I think you remember the discussion where it's like, that's very interesting because I build my characters to make a story and you make a story and build your characters. 
And by the way, I think looking at it from a bird's eye view, your way is the correct way to do it. <laughs> that I, I think that's absolutely the right way to do it. But yeah, I think you probably do that with like subplots and stuff, right? Yeah, so I so I mean there, there's layers really to, 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 to the process. So the first layer is one that's never gonna end, but is complete enough that I started writing, and that's the world building. So that's yeah. really the the first step was building out Everath. And and once I had all these documents compiled on my computer and I go in and I have these different documents and it's like, oh, this has the whole calendar for the world because it's not, you know, it's not Earth. So it, it doesn't take 365 days. It only takes 356 days forever to revolve around its sun. And uh, so like, and they have different seasons. So they're, they're first of their year instead of January is uh, Potka, which is uh, the beginning of spring. So their year begins at spring. That's when their new year is celebrated. It's spring versus ours is winter for some stupid reason. I don't know what is wrong with humans to start in the darkest, most miserably cold month of the year is, yeah, happy new year. It's miserable out. Like, it's a way, so they it's do a, it right. It's the way I do seasons of the podcast. I just do January to December. <laughs> yeah, which uh, which I get so so, and I did. I structured it out into twelve months still because it's easier. But like all that happened, and and like naming of of seasons and deciding like little things that people might not think about. Like Everath does just have one star, so it's a it's a single star system, you know, because there's binary systems or trinary systems, or it could have multiple moons, but it just has one moon. So again, I kept it simple. It has one sun, one moon, like Earth. Um, but again, it's slightly different. Uh, but like all that went into play and thinking of the some of the history. Okay, these are the species that live on Everath. These are the some of the major events. There was this big war with demons in ancient times where the demons ran into the world. All this gets laid out. That all happened first. And I'm like, okay, I have this whole fantasy setting, so I need to write stories in it. So then I kind of plotted out uh, at I don't remember originally how many it was, but for the last few years, at least, it's 30 books. Now it's up to like 36 or 37. Who knows? By the time this goes live, I might have another idea that might be 38 or 40 or something. But um, so the basic story premises. However, then what, what I ended up doing, one of the themes I want to do is like to have the family uh, family trees, you know, have have the legacy. So the whole... I say like the legacy of Everath is like the universe of stories. So there's other fantasy authors who've done this where they have like, hey, this is the XYZ series. And this is, you know, this is the A series. This is the B series. This is the C. And they all take place in this universe. Well, that's so for me, it's all, they all take place in Everath. So they're all part of the legacy of Everath family of stories. And the legacy refers to that characters that, you know, those family trees. So that's why I started with saying, okay, where do I want to end and where do I want to then begin? So I actually worked backwards with characters. So I actually planned out characters for the modern day Everath, which will look completely different than our world because magic is so common on Everath that it uh, technology never develops like it does here on Earth. But because um, magic takes the place of most of technology, you know? And uh, 
I guess. <laughs> well, <laughs> but again, all these things are, this is like kind of the, the timeline in the puzzle. So I map out these and I say, okay, which of these characters are going to have ancestors then? And then, then I added in more to fill in the story. So yeah, so, so I came up with, okay. And the funny thing is, so I'm writing now my fourth book, which will be the first book in my uh, legend Legends of Everath series, which will come out later 2024. I, I'm probably going to take a longer time to focus on promoting this first trilogy that's completed. Um, but that book is honestly, that was the original first book that I came up with, was the book that I'm now working on. Um, and the main reason I put that off was I'm like, I actually feel like I need a little bit of earlier history. Because a lot of these characters that I was thinking would be background characters, I'm like, I think it would actually be cool to write their stories before this happens. So this, so the, the trilogy that's out, the Everath trilogy, well, two books are out and the third one comes out next February. Um, they take place 60 years before that original story idea. So I just, I just went a little bit further back in the timeline. And so what I did is just, I came, I'm like, okay, what characters would be helpful? I want to be representative. There's a lot of different species on Everath and I wanted to have different ones in there. Um, so that's kind of how it went. And then I wrote the characters, but he, here's the thing that I do, that I do stress the story. When I, when I go to start a new book, I basically have a beginning, middle, and end. And everything in between is informed by the characters. Yeah. So I have these detailed, drawn-out characters with every their heights, their weights, their eye, their hair. Oh, what yes. What items do they carry on their post and what clothes do they usually wear? Let, 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 me, let, me, jump, let me jump in. As someone who worked with yep. you on comic books that didn't work, I am not accusing you of being short-sighted on characters uh, I, I i i should very clearly say that you are the most fastidious person i've ever met as far as we need detailed specifics on every single character so so i also want to i want to just throw that in there as because how i relayed the argument is my characters build the story and you have a story that characters build no, no, no. You were you hyper-specific with characters beyond reproach. So I don't want to make anyone think you're cheapening characters. I just want to make that clear. Yeah, no, and, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I do... It, it all... I, I put a lot of attention to detail in, in pretty much every answer. That's why yeah. I'm like, look, like... <laughs> I really do. I I think of when I um, so one of the plot is one of the subplots that happens is you know there's some political intrigue going on in the background of book one and and it continues in book two, and book three really um, but the 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 whole situation like I actually took time to not write a complete like constitution but I took time to map out okay. Who are all the government officials? Like, what are what is their election cycle? Like, what exactly are the like? Okay, what is? And I wrote out like the piece, some pieces of like their constitution. And again, I I, I don't go into complete depth because literally, I'm not going to write out individual laws. Even though in book three, I actually do list some specific laws. 
So I write out some, but not all. So that's kind of how I try to get as thorough as I can without being so thorough that it's absurd. So like any Star Trek fans might like uh, the rules of acquisition for the Ferengi. Like there's no complete, I'm sure there is now, but at the beginning when those were introduced, it's not like they had every single rule mapped out, right? So it's the same here. It's not like I'd map out every detail, but I do map out a lot of details. A lot, I think a lot more than people realize um, when they're when they're reading this stuff. And and there's a lot. I've even had to tell my editor at times. She's like, is it? She's like, this is kind of sounds like. She's she starts reading. She's like, this seems like it might be some fluff here. And I'm like, yeah, but just wait. In in, in book three, this fluff that you're talking about in book one is actually super important that I include it. So like, well, I, it's not fluff. It's actually just you won't see the payoff for a couple books, but it needs to be in here. Well, and that that relates again i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spam the fact that we had comic book ideas that spanned for like decades and like well we gotta we gotta hint this in episode like three because it's gonna pay off seven years from it, now it, exactly yeah yeah no that, and then this yeah but but that was our philosophy and also I, this is not the end of this interview by any means. This is not it. I never do interviews. But I'm going to throw this out early because not only because you're my brother, but because I think there might be some people who are like, oh, I like what he's saying with the Star Trek stuff. And I'm like, meh, Uh... Tell people, I'm going to tell you to give your plugs now, mid-episode. It's better than the end. Um, Do you have your plugs prepared? Where can people find you? On social media, um, Amazon, oh yeah, on all that Instagram, shit. TikTok, Facebook, you can find me. Just look at Everath, which I'm sure you can spell what that is for your E-V-O-R-A-T-H. There you go. You can spell it live. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I won a couple spelling bees back in my day. <laughs> and then um, everath.com is the main website. And then Amazon. Go go to my Amazon author page and just follow me there. Yeah, then Joseph you'll get notified, I believe. Joseph pretty... P. Macalino. Oh, Joseph. No, P. I do have my middle initial. Yeah. Is there a Joseph Macalino cock blocking you? No, but I just, you know. It it just seems to be a thing. I you know I had to consider even just doing JP Macalino, but I hate that. I I kind of oh. I I, des I despise that, so I couldn't do it. But I mean, but, it, it, it's what a lot of them do. I mean, J.R.R. Tolkien, C.S. Yeah, Lewis. Joseph's an easy an easy name. Macalino's yeah. the hard part. <laughs> Tolkien's not easy. I mean, relatively, yeah. but uh. By the well, way, everyone thought his name was Token, right? So it's clearly hard. Yeah, Token Black. <laughs> He's written a lot of things out of South Park, Colorado. <laughs> uh, well, let's stop talking about the Mormons. Let's. <laughs> um. 
Hey folks, you know I talk about mental health on this podcast a lot uh, with my own struggles. Uh, a lot of times I'll talk to guests about their struggles. And uh, that being said, I uh, want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether that's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling flexibility and at a more affordable price. As a bonus, you get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Macalino. That's BetterHelp.com slash M-A-C-O-L-I-N-O. Yeah, it's, again, it, it's an interesting, I do believe in the human soul. I believe we have souls. I believe there is an afterlife that, you know, I believe in heaven, essentially, Again, I think the image that most people concoct of what heaven is is not really what heaven's likely to be. And, and I, the the big thing I question is, do people up in heaven really care to to look down on earth and communicate with us? Yeah, and, I but, think they do. I think they do. I yeah, but I mean, may, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it's like reality TV to them, except for it's actually reality. <laughs> no, I I think. So here's my thought, and and, and uh, this is skewed by even recently, even Joe Rogan, to be honest, which is not probably the best person to skew your religious beliefs. But uh, my thought is this. My thought is that we're here on Earth. So, so I'll preface this by saying I also got a, a, a past life regression. I don't even think I talked to you about my past life regression. No, but you mentioned it on, on one of your podcasts that I listened to. Yeah, so I had a past life regression. Um, so here's my thought. Now, with the caveat that time is not linear, right? So you can be living multiple lives on the same timeline, potentially. I think that's true also. I don't think your soul necessarily... I don't... I don't think your soul I lives don't know. On, a, on a linear timeline. I think your soul lives above linear. So I think you could be alive at multiple timelines at the same time. That being said, like, I don't think... This guy died at this day. He could not be re reincarnated until nine months later. I don't buy that. I My personal belief is I don't believe in hell. I think that if you fail this go-around on Earth, 
you go back to Earth and try it again. If you graduate to the next level, you're in heaven and and, and you're you're not a corporal body anymore. You're you're spiritual. You can interact with people in all sorts of ways that didn't exist on this planet that we were meat suits. Uh, you don't have to go through it. And it's it's not it's not an insult on us for still being meat suits this long. We it, we it, I do believe in new incarnation of meat suits. <laughs> well, obviously all the meat suits are new, but the the souls I think can also be <laughs> it doesn't mean that, that Julian and Bella and James are evil people who are being reborn. Could just be that they're new spirits who were just trying for the first time and there's no reason to judge anyone whether it's their fourth time or their 70th time or their a hundred million times like you know we all have our, our our path to take and eventually when we graduate we get to heaven that's a that's a little bit different than anything I've heard. So that's interesting. I you know I I don't believe in reincarnation in general, so I don't I don't quite buy that. But uh, I I do think that uh, I, I I tend to think every soul is a new soul that's born. But again, that that's interesting. So it's it's not that every soul is recycled. It's there are constantly new souls. So some souls is there a, is there like a net like there always are going to be x amount of souls so if somehow one generation I don't does a phenomenal math. job <laughs> like if there's a phenomenal job and like a billion people all don't get reincarnated because they end up in heaven then there's a billion new souls or is it just well, uh I, I, as needed basis i would guess i i would guess this isn't a religious belief but i would guess that it's an as needed like you know if if th we we need three million new souls tonight oh they all graduated to heaven we only got a hundred thousand well shit we're gonna throw 2.9 mil million new souls out tonight we'll okay no, that's that's interesting. Yeah, again, I I don't I don't believe in reincarnation in general. I will well, say there's some interesting, like you want to get into some mental weird mental theories. There are some interesting things that we observe in humans in terms of like this concept of an ancestral memory, right? Where somehow new generations pick up things that they shouldn't be able to pick up. Like they shouldn't be able to know the things that they somehow just know when they're born. Um, I even to some extent think that that's where I got so into fantasy because I had this imagination as a kid. Like a lot of ever at the world was built primarily because I was a little kid well before I was reading any books about things. And I was conceiving of these ideas. And it's like, how did I conceive of ideas before I was ever exposed to these ideas. Obviously not the general, you know, I the, I was exposed to the concept of elves and, and magic and whatnot. But like, I remember a, a little little kid, um, which you may remember, you probably don't, because you why would you care? But I had like this little emerald, this like green ring, it was a fake, it was like a plastic ring. 
And I, I, so I had it and I'm like, oh, this is like the magic wing. This is like a special wing that I have. And so like, why would I even have this conception of these magical wings? And basically I was thinking of like Lord of the Rings style ma wing. And I had never ever even heard of the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings until years, years like I didn't read those till middle school. But I was a little kid. I was like probably kindergarten age and I'm coming up with this idea. So like, how was I exposed to that idea? Did I spontaneously create it or was there some sort of latent memory that, that uh, you know, I just had? But And so people attribute that to, to reincarnation, I realize. I don't necessarily, I, I don't think that's the case. I just think it's more that I think that potentially, again, our brains are still somewhat of a mystery. I think that potentially it's more just genetic memory. It's like we get things passed down to us that uh, just I, incidentally. Yeah, I'd be curious with someone you're like yourself. I would say you're one of the more stubborn people than me. I mean that as a compliment, but uh, I'd be curious if you'd be able to go under a path, past life regression. Like you have to be hypnotized. I don't, I, I think I'm hypnotizable. You know, some people, because this is something I did, I was in college, remember, I kind of delved into hypnosis and stuff. It's all about suggestive, but yeah, I don't know. It's tough because a lot of the times people think, oh, it's like you have to be dumb or you have to be submissive. That's not no. true. A lot of times the smartest, most independently stubborn people can be hypnotized easier than than some idiot off the side of the road. Like, yeah, it, hypnosis is a strange. But again, hypnosis is more of a at least what I studied that the people I you know, the stuff that I was exposed to, it's it's less of a supernatural thing and more of just an autonomic, it, it's just understanding psychology. And, you know, one of the things they, they talk about pattern interrupts, like you go to shake someone's hand and instead of, it, everyone's so used to you, that motion of shaking a hand, right? So as they go to shake your hand, you actually grab them, pull them in and whisper in their ear a suggestion. And most people will just, like you'll be like relax and they'll just relax they'll just put their hand down and stand up straight and just relax because their brain is like what the hell is that okay it I just responds in this way like that person in the face well, well and again <laughs> that, that so that could but it's interesting like you can watch these street performers do these street hypnosis and again that's not really what i what i dove into but i was exposed to some of that um and it, it it's just fascinating. Again, I, I think that, uh, but I don't think there's anything supernatural about it. And so that's like, again, I, since I don't believe in reincarnation, I don't know. Like, so yeah, I, I think my brain would probably resist though, because I don't even accept the premise. You know, I, I, I don't believe right, that, that exists. But, but so if you don't believe in reincarnation, then mediums should you know what I'm saying? Like, that should make more could, sense to you. Uh, Being able to speak to the afterlife 
Yeah, as they... long as they don't, as long as they don't believe in ghosts, I don't believe spirits linger on Earth. Uh like that's the I... whole concept of spirits is just not a. If there's anything, and and this is also much less common than I think some people believe, but there may be demonic forces. I'm not saying there's not any supernatural forces at work on Earth. I'm just saying they're not ghosts. They're not former humans who their souls are just lingering here. If anything, it's some demon impersonating a former human. What if it's a? What if it's a like um, not a demon trying to haunt you, but like a trying to think of uh, like a multiversal travel, like they got stuck. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe like somebody who's somehow stuck between between universes type of deal. They're like in in, in the space, but I mean, maybe I in. So the way see, it's funny because Everath technically I'm building to be to. A, have the option, but B, there is some direct tie-ins with Earth, actually, in the second book. Uh, humans are not native to Everath. They just they just don't exist there. The The creator goddess of Everath, Everath, created, you know, elves, centaur, felite, lizard, cat folk, and lizard folk. Uh, Seder, which are the goat people. Um, Lamia, snake woman. You're, you're saying um, that god is dead? No, no, no. What I'm, what I'm saying is all these things were created, but uh, humans were not. Humans were not one of the things she created. Mm. Um, but what happens is in, in book two, um, the main villain, Yezrikstal, actually, and this is rises. maybe a bit of a spoiler, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, he, well, he rises in power for sure. Um, but again, this is kind of part of the story. So, you know, spoiler warning. But he uh he actually breaks through the the space between worlds and pulls humans into Everath. And it's it's actually wider implications than readers might realize at first, because it really means it's a global thing that happens. He basically breaches these holes. Um and so what I'm getting at is part of that is also for the idea that I or if uh, you know, someday somebody else wants to write stories like this, I might I might license out the rights or whatever. Um, I have this conception that like all the creatures that we have in our mythology are because of that gap that was created, right? And so not only were humans pulled into Everath, but certain creatures from Everath might have slipped into our world. So that's how we might have seen a werewolf or a vampire or a chupacabra or or a griffin or, or what have you because it might accidentally slip through one of those cracks that he created. Um, and the, the the thing is with, with the humans coming to that world. So anyways, what I'm getting at, back to your, I'm trying to remember what prompted this, uh, this rambling of mine. And it's your concept of a traveler being trapped between worlds. So the way I, I structure Everath, you have Everath. You have the ether, which is the space where they can travel. And the ether would essentially let them travel anywhere. They could hop in, you know, they could open a portal into the ether and theoretically travel across the world, you know, all the way on to the other side of Everath. Anywhere within their universe, basically, they can pull things in and out of by accessing the ether. But right on the other side of that ether, there's this hell type landscape, which is the demon world. And that was created by the goddess Fragatha, who's this evil 
you know, woman, she does not have, uh, she's kind of jealous of the, of the wheel of the creator gods and goddesses. So see that this is a fun, you, this is why I very much enjoy talking about these things, even if I don't believe in reincarnation or stuff, because I find the ideas fascinating, but uh, technically though, you, you'll probably never see it technically in Everett's pantheon, there is God, the true God that that I believe in, that, that that Christianity talks about. That God exists. He created these. He created Earth, and then he created these other gods and goddesses, so these lesser beings. And he taught some of them that had that showed the initiative. He taught them how to create their own worlds, uh. which created the multiverse essentially. So God didn't create every universe necessarily. He created our universe. And he did go on to create some other universes too, but like these, that's, this one, one of the, I'm one of those gods. Yeah. So you, exactly. So you'd be <laughs> one of those gods to create your own universe, right? So these less, but so Fargatha doesn't have the power to create her own universe. So she has this demon. Fargatha? That she, yeah, that's her name. Oh yeah. You love that name. Don't you? Um, well, she's obviously an evil bitch. Oh, she's pretty evil. Um, so she, but she I has these demons. I had heard frog, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that um, better die. So, so, well, she's gonna, not really I'm, in any of I'm, the stories yet. I'm gonna, I mean, she's I'm gonna mentioned... start a book burning event for Frogatha. <laughs> she's, she's mentioned. Oh, you just wait. Uh, when I get down to the so everything so far is taking place on the continent of Aerithal. Um, but when we get down to the continent below the southern continent down there. Um, there are definitely a people, a frog people down there. They're called Tawada. They are a frog folk species that, uh, did you invent this Tawada or are you just yes, trying to make I did. me angry? Oh yeah, I invented it. I, 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 I made it up. Yeah. You, you were the inspiration for sure. <laughs> no, it wasn't just for you, but I did think about it when I was coming up with these creatures that like you would not enjoy them very much. So Sorry, not sorry. I I think there's there's missing. What fantasy has frog folk in it? And what fantasy has frog people? I so mean, I needed frog and, people. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, if you want to go worse than Adolf Hitler, I would I would say you make frogs. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you just wait; they'll be there. But yeah, getting back to the whole multiverse thing. So there's Everat, there's the Ether, there's the Demon World. And then in the in the grand scheme of the multiverse, then there's then there's Earth on the other side. So like that's why he's a, and and Yezrikstal because he has a connection to the goddess Fargatha has been able to access the demon realm since you know for years now. So that's where he tries to just reach one step further. And what's on the other side but Earth? And that's why he pulls in humans, kills a bunch of them, turns them into zombies, and it's you know uses them as his pawns instead of just demons. Um, as one does. What else are humans good for but to turn into zombies? I mean, most of us already says. are zombies, right? I mean... That's what the Kardashians say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, people watching reality TV, like, that's that's all designed to turn us into zombies. Yeah, it's pretty much... Party politics, all designed to make us zombies. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're designed to make us red or blue zombies. 
Yeah. Well, and, and you you literally ask them anything. Oh, well, what do you think about this? Well, such and ah. such says blah, blah, blah. Okay, but well, what do you think about that? Well, you know, well, such and such also says blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it is such a, well, uh, you know, mm, uh, or it starts with Trump sucks. Fuck Trump. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it's it's like nobody has, it, it really, I made the mistake the other day of, uh, I, I usually am really good at, uh, if I comment on stuff on like Facebook or social media in general, I tend to comment and then just leave and I leave it alone. I made the mistake the other day to responded to some people and uh, what are you doing? <laughs> You see my nose? It's like a bird beak. I'm... <laughs> oh my god. Um, but I made the mistake the other day and commented on some, like replied to some comments and I just, I couldn't believe it. The responses were just, well, I should have expected it. Like, it was, a, it was the perfect reminder of why I don't do that. Because all it was was like, well, what about this? You know, what about roads? What about building the roads? Oh, well, if you don't like it, just move to Somalia. Oh, like, it's like the same. They have no bored. ability to think of an original response. It's just the exact same rhetoric over and over and over again. No, there's no intelligence there. By the way, you can move to Canada where podcasts are about to be approved by the state or shut down. Well, I mean, they literally bring Nazis into their into their government buildings and worship them. And good job, thank you for your service in World War II. Thank you for fighting against the Russians in the nineteen forties. And it's like, wait a second, yeah, <laughs> hold on a second. I'm pretty sure Russia actually was the champions of World War II, and they were. They lost yeah, no millions of people fighting against the Nazi invasion. Yeah, well, if, if Hitler America took Russia, all the credit, probably and fucking won. Russia won the war. They're the ones who yeah, no, pretty much. Yeah, well, yeah. It, really, they Hitler lost. lost the war by invading. <laughs> if he hadn't invaded Russia, then Russia wouldn't have have gotten involved. But well, but yes. then again, if America didn't use the excuse of Pearl Harbor, America never would have gotten involved, probably either. It's not like, you know, people like looking back, oh, see, we stepped in and saved the world. No, we waited till the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. Then well, we, we decided the Japanese to bomb Pearl Harbor. And then we said, hey, now we can go in. Yeah, but again, we it's, got it's... our. Hey. Yeah, America. Sucks. And, and that, that's a whole nother can of worms with uh, there's a whole other can of worms. But. Oh, it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it, if it, you, you know, these people who who absolutely <laughs> love the U.S. and think we're the good guys. No, we're. Not. I, I wonder we're how many good, good guys. guys have to assassinate a bunch of, of people clandestinely. I wonder how many good guys blow up schools in foreign countries. I wonder how many good guys do these things that America. How does. many good Ooh. guys? How many good guys? Literally, we. Our good guys assassinated an elected president. There is yeah. no doubt. Nobody even's trying to hide it at this point. The FBI, CIA killed 
John F. Kennedy because he wanted to eliminate them. And they're not even trying to hide it at this point. It's like, yeah, so what? You want to fuck with us? Like, yeah. No, well, it is. Well, that's what's getting me. That's actually... It's a weird thing we're dealing with now. Like, you're just like, yeah, fuck around and find out. JFK got killed. It is. What? It, it's it's the most bizarre thing. But well, when you get it, you already seeing it in politics, right? I mean, like partisan politics with, oh, I don't think, you know, I'm against this war. You know, one of us, a, a reasonable person. Oh, we shouldn't be doing this. We're hurting innocent people. Well, you know what? I don't care. If we have to kill some school children, they'll just grow up and want to kill us anyway. So we might as well kill them first. Like we've been hearing that rhetoric from the right for at least 20 years. I mean, I'm not old enough to really remember beyond that. But at least since 9-11, we've been hearing that kind of rhetoric. But oh, now it's gotten yeah. to the point... Now it's gotten to the point that they literally are just like, yeah, who cares? Oh, yeah, sure. We have we have a liter- we have a dictator ruling over us. But at least we're better off than other people. And it's just mind-boggling that there's yeah, people who are even like, realizing... People. How 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 terrible things are. That's but we're fucking, so selfish. Yeah, like oh, that's well, a we're fucking okay, crutch of the whole fucking world. It's just yeah. like, well, people have it worse than you. It's like it doesn't make what I'm going through okay. No, like, well, <laughs> like and I always just say, because not... there's someone on the planet. Like, look, I, I, I uh, bear with me here, brother. <laughs> Yeah. But but as someone who was like on the literally was about to slip my wrist. I don't know if I told you about this or not, but literally I had a knife cutting my wrist to test the to test the knife. And and someone told me, Well, consider the people who had it worse. And I'm like, All right, well, I'm now I'm gonna dig deeper because yeah. now You've just made me feel worse about my life. Like, I'm a pussy, plus I'm depressed. Like, oh, I definitely need to die. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's fucking, uh, you know, it's not a, oh, there can be worse, blah, 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 blah. No, just, like, I don't even remember what we were talking about. <laughs> about evil governments. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Redundant, just government. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're right. Redundant government. They're all evil. They're all so bad. Yes, it can't be worse. Well, and it no, it can't and, be worse. They're all fucking bad. No, we're all ruled, but what? Well, and and that's why you you know, like I am, I am open about being for anarchism. I believe in anarchy is the way we're supposed to live. Because we're not meant to have coercive rules imposed upon us. Violence is anything that requires violence is not valid. Like if if you're like, oh, I have a great idea. Well, but you can't do that because I don't want you to. Well, no, that's invalid. They should be able to do that. Frankly, well, even if they end up killing right. themselves because they do something right, it so should be illegal. Like if restrictive on. There's no laws. Everyone should live free. Someone commits harm. What is the answer? 
that's up to the individual communities. I can't answer that for everyone because everyone would still, we're still a social species that would organize to some extent. A minarchism situation does not. Not, not really, because (laughs) it, it, again, you're also, you're talking about a, a lot of people will say, oh, well, we'd still have some form of legal system. And I think there's a, a flaw in that to some extent, because, well, if you don't have an enforcement system behind the legal system, then how does it does how does that? So, again, I, I'm not that's too deep a conversation like that's that's a conversation for another time. And again, the, the, but that's a that's a when when they trust the JMAC brothers to build the government, we'll figure that out. Right. <laughs> But it's well again. I nope, no no yes, government yes. to me. I'm not building anything. But uh, I, no, I will help organize the community. If the United States people. trusts us to build the government, we'll figure it out, right? Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> sure. Um, that's but, our confidence. Sure. Yeah. yeah. If uh, yeah. again, I, I we I both think... have degrees from USF. We'll figure it out. Go Wolves. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone can, it's us. Um. I, again, uh, I, I think a, that a, people AAU school, AAU school, USF. Do you know they got admitted in the AAU? I don't even know what that is, and I don't actually care. <laughs> that, that's um, like uh the top. I I think they it's now seventy schools. You know who got admitted into the AAU this year? Like three football schools. Hmm. Miami, and USF was Notre one of Dame them. and USF. Notre Dame. Seventy nice. schools that the the Ivy League. Florida's the only other like boom. Like great universities on the on the planet. There's only 70 of them. And USF is one of them. So hey. Raise your flag bro. again. Who who who's making that classification? And you know, I don't I don't put big faith in it. But that's that's good for for you. Say go bulls. But put your horns up. Go bulls. But um, put those. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Screenshot that. The um, <laughs> the big thing is that the mistake people make when people talk about anarchy is they think that it's like just chaos and disorder. It's like no, you, you would still no. have community. You'd still you you'd have to take care of your neighbors. Like that's the whole idea is that we unite together. We we have friendly communities. But the the other side of it is um I think I lost my I think I lost the thought I was going for. Man, well, you and your USF crap. is that <laughs> you have to really suss out your neighbors, isn't it? Well, yeah, yes, to some extent. Again, you want to organize in communities that are going to make that are going to make sense for you. So, like, there could be a community that literally says, "Yeah, we're going to form our own government, but we are not forcing anyone to be a part of it." But there's still potential problems that come into that because what if that community decides, "Okay, well, we have all this land, but there's somebody who lives in the middle who doesn't want to be part of our government." That's when you start running into to challenges. But there is also, again, if, if people are reasonable, if people aren't jerks to each other, what can happen is that person in the middle could maybe come to an agreement with, with the rest of the community around them and be like, okay, fine, you can have my property. I'm going to carve out a, a 
this part at the edge of your property is my new property because the over here just down the road there's this other group that's more in line and they don't want taxes or anything so i want to be part of their community and again it would be a cooperative we humans need to evolve beyond our barbaric system like we need yeah, to move yeah, yeah. past no. this 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 animalistic desire to enslave people and control them and it and that's it, what it is like you can't I, and and i always talk like it's not about me you want to talk about what's what's good for me in this society like i have a job that that pays well above average i i'm in i'm in data science yeah. like it's a lucrative career and I could, I can afford to write these books if I want in my spare time and not push an agenda at all and just be like, hey, I'm just some fantasy author who also makes money as a data scientist. I pay my taxes, whatever. It, I don't, it doesn't hurt me. What does hurt me is the fact that my taxes are used to kill innocent people. That does bother me, that my money is stolen and then used to, to build bombs and crap. That actually should bother anyone who has an ounce of moral fiber. It, like, I don't know why we're like, well, that's just how it is. Oh, and so that's the that's point. What does everyone is. say? This is, this is it. I can cut to the chase here. You Every should have been born in America. Anarchy, <laughs> right, exactly. Every argument against anarchy, though, you know where it ends? Well, if you do that, then some warlord will take over. Okay, mm. guess what? There's already warlords over everyone. So it's no different. Like, if your argument is essentially the status quo... <laughs> well, okay, then let's try it. Good fucking Because worst luck. case, we, we're back <laughs> where we are. Like, yeah. worst case, you're saying we just end up back here. Then let's let's at least try it. it it's the most, it, and it's mind-blowing because you can even lead people. You can have a conversation to someone where it boils down there, and then you're like, okay, but wouldn't you concede that, that that's already like that? Yeah. Well, then should we try it? No, we should just stick with it because we're good now. Because yeah, because I'm not going to be killed on my way home. Well, because again, you get people in my sort of situation, right? I make a good salary. I can afford the theft that happens from the government. I can deal with that. I don't have anything that like, I don't have a reason not to obey the government, really. There, there's nothing. I can have my land and I can have goats and chickens and I can do my business here. I have a wife and a son and, and maybe we'll have more kids in the future. And I can just live the American dream, as they put it. And I'm happy with all that stuff that I just described. What I'm not happy with, again, is the fact that innocent people are murdered using my money. And that should bother everyone with a conscience. Conscience. Oh, you missed the landing. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. Well, such a good speech. <laughs> and then you fucked it up at the end. Yeah, no, I well, it's like and, Dominic and again, Luciano what... in the nineteen ninety six Olympics. <laughs> just <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yeah, uh, I mean, not that specifically, but I was thinking of doing that type of routine. I did the and, and yeah, I fell. Um, but no, I, I mean, Gary Strong like, had there's... to bail her out. Hashtag anyone and, and who remembers see... the ninety six Olympics. I do not, but I was also seven, so um not even. Yeah, not even seven. Yeah. Um I turned seven at the end of that year. So the Yeah, no, I remember what, I had to yell at you. I was recording the ninety six <laughs> Olympics. 
Uh, and I had a crush on Dominique Mucciano, and you were just like, I was like, I get away from me, boner killer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Hey, um, hey, she was fourteen, and I was eleven. It was all fair game. No pedophilia. Yeah, no, I mean you were you were the right age. Um, yeah, I I just it, <laughs> I well it. it 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 goes back to uh to what I said earlier about like these idiots on social media that they, they have no mind of their own because I literally go into these anytime I do make the mistake I go in very clear that like hey I, I I'm not some idiot I'm not some guy waving a don't tread on me thing like this isn't about me. If it was about me, I wouldn't bother because this all gives me a headache. I don't want to talk to these idiots. I don't want to try to teach them that it's not okay to murder people. I wish someone else would do that. But it's my responsibility as a person who can reason and think and and is comfortable enough and is privileged. I, I hate, I, I don't like that the way that's thrown around, but that is essentially hey. where I'm coming from. It's a privileged position. It's my responsibility to talk about it and try to help people. And I have, I mean, I think we've talked about it before, like even at a at a micro level, okay, if you're not convinced in in all government being terrible and needs to be eliminated, let's look at the the concept of fines as a punishment. It, the the yeah. punishment is a fine, right? And let's say you the punishment for some crime. You, I, you know, I, I should have looked this up. I plan on doing this soon, so I have this ammo in my back pocket. But I am sure, certain that somebody could find me some crimes that where the fines are in the thousand, two thousand dollar range, right? Sure. So let's say you only make like fifty grand a year, right? And you're getting by, and you do something, and you're like, oh crap. This is illegal, isn't it? And then a cop finds you and like, hey, here's a $2,000 fine. Well, you just lost like half of, you just lost like half a month's pay. More than that, really, when you consider the fact that they already steal money from you and your taxes. But um, you lost about half a month's pay just from that mistake. So now picture a multimillionaire doing that. Well, they just lost dinner money and it's no big deal. Yeah. It, and so do you think there, well, that's there goes justice my hooker money in any way? July. <laughs> yeah, like, is that justice for one person who makes less it actually gets a way worse punishment? And you know, the worst part is if you study those things, and this is from, this was from USF time, being a criminology student, worst part is it, there's a statistical significant difference in punishment in terms of your, in terms of your skin color, A, but B, your, your, um, your socioeconomic background is pretty much just as important in terms of they are more likely to give you the higher pet. If it's like, oh, the fine is between a thousand dollars and five thousand, realistically, they're probably giving that guy who makes fifty grand the five thousand dollar fine. The guy who makes a million dollars, they're only giving him the one thousand dollar fine. Why? Because the entire system is designed to do that. Designed to hurt people the, and it, to protect, well, yeah, to protect, protect the their main. people. Yeah, it has nothing it's, to do with it's us, like an the people. Organized mafia. It, it it's exactly like a mafia, and except for and instead of just killing a few hundred thing. people, they kill a few hundred million people. So, uh, uh, and Joseph, let's. All right, let's get controversial here. 
we, I think, both lean towards the right as far as what most people consider. Hey, the average yes. person considers. Mm-hmm. But look, look, but but what we are both just agreeing on is very left. Yeah, I was, and I I don't know anymore if if I. But yeah, I think no, I think the whole no. fact I mean, that I'm against personally, I, I I say people. the left and the right are both retarded. Yeah, I'm stuck in the middle with Pretty you, much. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, have you ever seen Reservoir Dogs, Joseph? Yeah, I know. I'm the I like that less than everyone else who's seen it. I think, but it it was a fine movie. It just was probably. My least favorite Tarantino. Stuck in the middle. Oh wait, you. yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I it was my least. Yeah, no, I loved Steve Buscemi in that movie and that 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 scene. Yeah, no. Michael I mean, Madsen did the. Oh yeah, I forgot that was Michael Madsen. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great fucking scene. Yeah, a horrible scene, but also. And they had the fun. guy who played the Harvey Keitel is in it too. Yeah, no, they, it had a good Tim cast. It, it had that was yeah, had uh, that was Quentin Tarantino's first movie. I it think. was his breakthrough movie. It was well, it wasn't his first, but it was his movie. It that was made his him... first movie. It was he his, had yeah, it was of. his breakthrough. Um, and those and guys he... have been recast many, many times. Oh yeah, they have, and and it was a good movie. Don't get me wrong. I just a lot of people are like, oh, Pulp. Some people put it as his best. It's definitely not his best. And I don't even think I like Pulp Fiction better. I like Django better. I liked. Uh, it might be better than Inglorious Bastards. I I, I don't know. It's better it's, than Inglorious uh, Bastards. I don't know. I I, I, go back I, I don't forth. like Inglorious Bastards that much. Oh, see, I I like Inglorious Bastards. All right, let's maybe rank, we're gonna we're gonna spend the rest of this podcast <laughs> ranking Quentin Tarantino movies. I'm gonna pull them up. Yeah, you'd you'd have to because I don't think I could name them all off the top we, of my head. We probably have not both seen all of them, but I would guess between the two of us, we've seen all of them. Uh, by the way, I'm throwing. You've seen Jackie Brown, right? Yep. I'm throwing out that it's a front runner for me. I'm not saying it's the best. No, I think that might be better than Reservoir Dogs in my book. Like that—that's oh, what I'm saying. Like, it might I just be, don't. It might be better than all of them to me. Really? Definitely not that good in my book, but it—it it was good. Um. All right, Quentin Tarantino. Let's go. Pulling up the IMDb. I guess I spelled the writers. Credits? What do I pull up? Director credits? Uh, Let's I go with director. director. I probably would have actually gone to Wikipedia and it probably lists out. I'm going to go there while you're going there and see if... Uh... Hold on, I'm I'm going to share my screen. Was it as a producer? I, I, yeah, I don't know. No, I think director... I mean, director is really what makes it your movie, and producer's right? 23. Oh, well, there you go. All yeah, right. I wonder. I don't think I have seen all of them, but I, I've seen most of them. No, I I haven't seen the Kill Bill movies. You haven't seen Kill Bill? Oh, see, those are both better than Reservoir Dogs for sure. 
Oh. I'm that hard to believe. Where the fuck? There we go. Share screen. Um. All right. We're sharing the screen. All right. Yeah, Once so... Upon a Time in Hollywood was not that good. I oh, I loved that movie. Of course Way you better would. Than the I mean, <laughs> eight. uh, no, I, hmm, you know, I, I don't know. All right, let's go four at a time. What's your best? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Hateful Eight, Django, or Inglorious Bastards? Out of those four, definitely Django. I'm going to say Django as well. Second, Once Upon a Time. Third, I don't Inglorious know. Bastards. Fourth, The Hateful Eight. I- I'm debating whether Once Upon a Time beats out Hateful Eight for me. It's definitely Django, then Inglorious Bastards for me. I'm just not sure if it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, see, Hateful I would Eight. go Django, Once Upon a Time, before I'd go Inglorious. Yeah, no, I it's Django, Inglorious. I'm going to go with The Hateful Eight, then Once Upon a Time. It just, it, All right, I just so, have so little interest So as a compromise, we'll go Django, no. <laughs> and we'll move well, on to the next definitely quarter. Number, yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, we're not supposed to totally we're gonna... agree. Wait, are we making an overall order here? I thought we were just well, we we, we we got to figure this out together because we're sharing a screen, right? These four we're just going to ignore, I think. Um, We don't need CSI or Jimmy Kimmel. or about Grindhouse? Do we, I don't do we think... include Grindhouse? No, let's That's just move really... on. Yeah, I, I don't think... I Wasn't that... Wait, go. I I thought Grindhouse was uh was Robert Rodriguez. Oh no! Okay, Death Proof. Yeah, so there was Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, but he was that's he was, right. Uh, so Death Proof he was, was, the third uh, was like his thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think we should count that because it's not like just his his movie for the for these purposes um, all right so uh we're, we're and same with sin on. city that wasn't really his and we can skip kill bill because that's down here they're like volume one and two jackie brown uh we're gonna skip these two these don't No, count. you have you not seen four rooms no i haven't seen four i can't rooms. believe that so i actually really enjoyed four rooms i that is mind it's actually a that thing Yes, it's actually like a good, um, and it has some. I think it has some notable actors or actresses. Antonio Banderas, Jennifer Beals, uh, Paul. Calderon. I guess. I guess you're right, though. He wasn't. Look at the list. He's not actually like up there as one of the. Tim he's Roth, not the main guy. But yeah, Tim Roth, Antonio Banderas. Yeah, like this was a good. Madonna. I actually really enjoyed this movie. Um. Yeah, maybe it doesn't count. Yeah, Salma Hayek. I've never seen this thing, and this doesn't even look like a full-length film. But uh, no, it's so thirty-eight. I'm wrong. It is. It it, is. Yeah, it's a full-length film. It's almost like a a anthology because it's it's four different guests at this at this hotel. So it's four rooms, and they're they're in sequence to some extent. So it's not. I mean, it all ties together. Um, but it's not. Uh, have yeah, you no, seen? I, I really have you it. seen Jackie Brown though? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I like Jackie Brown, but no, I'd say ja- Kill Bill. You like Jackie Brown? Jackie Brown is 
I probably liked it more than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> Actually, I definitely liked it more than once. Jackie I liked Brown it... might be his best movie, in my opinion. I think I liked it more than, uh, yeah, I definitely liked it more than Hateful Eight. Um, I don't know, Jackie Brown, I go back and Name forth, one depending of these on my movies mood. you like more than Jackie Brown. The Django Unchained, I definitely like better than I Jackie like Jackie Brown, Brown better. No, so that maybe that's the easier way to do this is is to go through. I feel like is this good content for your podcast, or does this whole segment need to be cut? This is a whole fucking Quentin Tarantino uh, production argument. I think this is good. Let's keep going. Okay. Um. So Django Unchained for me is definitely one of his best. The only one that it's one I'd of see. his best, sure, but they're all I, I one think... of his best. Well, yeah, he has a lot of good stuff. I, I know. I think though. I think for me, ultimately, what it comes down to is Pulp Fiction's number one. Django Unchained is number two, um, and then depending on my mood, is what number three is. Well, but, look. So even even showing you this, I've got a ten star rating on Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, I've got an no, eight I, on Django. I've got an eight yeah, on Django. Oh no! See, Django to me was was. When I first saw Django, it was my favorite of his for a while. Um, and Jackie, but, where where am I ranking Jackie? I don't know. Definitely where in the to rank the I stars. Mean, there it is. I'm ranking Jackie. Well, yeah, you got to do ten if you how, ten what stars. you're telling me. Um, I love Jackie. No, I mean, maybe right. Re- I don't even know if I'd put it in. I don't think I'd put that in number three even. Um, again, really? it would be what Pulp would Fiction, Django. In number three. And I, by the way, I think once at a pie, uh, once upon a time, once at a time in Hollywood, once upon a time in Hollywood, I think is a ten star movie. See, that's it. Yeah, no. Again, I just wasn't that uh, keen on it. Sometimes I think it. Granted, you know, some of these movies, like Django, I saw at least a couple times. Kill Bill, I've seen at least a few times. Pulp Fiction, I've seen more times than I can keep track of. So Raw Dogs. I've seen that once or twice only. So there, uh, there is an argument to be made that maybe I need to rewatch some of them. And that I think might you change need to watch ranking. Reservoir Dogs. I've only again. seen Jackie Brown once, but I've only seen Four Rooms once. And I actually, You've only seen I might Jackie put that near Brown the top. once. Yeah. That, I, I, oh my God, that might be the best one. I think there's an argument Jackie Brown is his best movie. I think you got to watch I it mean, again and we have to round table after that. Yeah, I'm pull, I mean, I'm, maybe, I'm, but I'm pulling it. Look, I don't know. Look at not that it matters. At, look at the crew. Do you do you see the crew? Oh, I know. Yeah, I yeah, Stan I know Mel it had Jack, Robert Forrester. That's that's uh you know Breaking Bad dude also. Yeah, I didn't realize he was in it, but I probably that, he, he that saw he, this before he, he I watched Breaking Academy Bad. Academy Award uh best supporting actor nomination. Uh, Michael Keaton, Robert De Niro, Chris Tucker. Oh, I forgot he was in it. Yeah. There's well, again, it's not just about the actors down low. By the way, Samuel Jackson, do you remember him? 
Yeah, I mean, he's in, yeah, he's he's in a lot of uh, Tarantino's movies. But you have to remember, too, (laughs) again, not that, just because something, I I was going to say Jackie Brown, though, had a lower rating than a lot of those movies on there. But popular opinion doesn't necessarily matter. I, I, I do have a, you know, art is subjective. There's no, like, objective. There's absolutely, that's the truth. Like it, 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 people, people get so, um, I think it's part of our nature. That's why we form these evil governments is because we're tribalistic and we get so up in arms and it's like, it shouldn't be that big a deal. Like if, if you like something a little bit more than something else or, yeah, and sometimes it's mood. Sometimes it can even be the mood that I watch a movie in. Just like I said, I only seen some of these once. So maybe I just wasn't in the mood for that oh, movie yeah. when I watched it. And so it had less of an impact on me. But I might That's watch abs- it again and it might be much more impactful. Because That's art- absolutely that yeah. that is the mood when you watch the movie. And if you want to watch it again, right? Yeah, no, I mean, and, and art is a, is a very, at different times, it's not like there's one thing. Like there, there's th- tying things back to Everath. Like it's not that there's just one thing for people to get out of there. Art is a is a is a thing of a truth. God, I'm forgetting the person's name, but you know, there, there's a quote that I absolutely love that like art for art's sake is an empty thing. Art for the sake of truth, art for the sake of the beautiful. That's the truth. That's the um, faith I'm after. I might have messed up the ending there. I forget who said it, so uh, we'll have to look that up. But uh, the the long Artemis. and the short of it is like, I, I, yeah, yes, exactly. Um, I, I, I firmly believe that like all art has a deeper meaning than just the surface level. And it's never just good art, at least, is never just one thing. You know, at different people can take different things from different points in their life and, and they can find new meanings in a second watch through. They can find new new things to, to pick out from it. So like there's there's certainly like in Everett there's certainly messages of like hey we don't need tyrannical governments to rule over us we can actually take care of ourselves but there's also a more classic good versus evil there's also art there's also the 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 benefits of diversity and cooperation and like there's so many different layers in there for people to to pick at and uh, it it's just so much so often we get so transfixed right and, and we'll literally argue about, uh, about... <laughs> i mean we'll, but we'll get we'll, you'll have people that get heated and and hate each other over being like well i got this from that movie oh no well, i thought this and then then you hear the the person who, the director will be like oh yeah both of those were in there yeah and that was it's the like, point that was the point yeah that exactly that was the point and it's like you shouldn't be fighting. You should be like, oh, that's really cool. You, we should be curious. We should ask questions. Like that. I. That's why I just, again, going back to when you were talking about like reincarnation and stuff, just because I don't believe in it doesn't mean I don't want to ever talk about it because I do find those oh, conversations. No. I want to know thoughts. I want to know what people believe. I want to hear those things because they're interesting to, to explore. But well, instead, it, what we do is we say, well, I believe in this God. And I'm this right. Path I'm to right. I'm right. So you, I don't I'm even want to hear your 
garbage. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't even want to hear what you have to say. And it's like, no, I want to hear what everyone has to say. Even if I think sometimes I hear what they have to say and I'm like, okay, you need to take something. I don't know what, but you need to take some medicine, dude. <laughs> like, How dare you? <laughs> no, no, that that that's absolutely a problem is the fucking just no you're wrong i'm right i'm ignoring well, everything get... you say from here on <laughs> well and, and that's that's the reality right that we don't pay attention is we get in these conversations on like social media for instance and we see someone say something and mind you we don't even take the time to try to realize what the bigger picture is we just take like a little piece of what they said and we jump on it right and we assume well they're wrong there and so in our brain we're like well this person's an idiot so automatically this conversation turns from being a potentially beneficial enlightening uh just conversation that both people come away happy and feeling like they understand better oh my and instead it turns into well yeah it turns (laughs) into both people think they're idiots and so all, nobody gets anything. Nobody actually hears what the other person's even trying to communicate because right. they're too busy just thinking that person's a moron and trying to shove their belief down their throat. And it's like, I much prefer to hear you out and, and hear everything you have to say. Unless, again, going back to before, unless you all you have to say is, well, you know, John Locke wrote about this thing and uh, and this guy wrote about that thing. And what about this philosophy about... No, well, what do you believe? I, well, I don't Jesus, care what all these other people Jesus said. Jesus told the disciples, according to Mark, that, uh, you know... Well, see, Jesus is a little bit special in my book. Well, more than a little special, but... Jesus is a little bit special because I actually believe he was God, so he has more authority than any sure, human. Sure, 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 sure. However, but, I still, if that's your faith, but he didn't just write quote, the it's gospel. like, well, Jesus he didn't said, write the well, gospels. no, he didn't. No, he, he did not. That's true. But if your faith is literally just saying, well, such and such said this or such and such said that, then, and honestly, more often, and this is a thing that uh, I'm sure I'll get a lot of people not liking me in the Christian community. But a lot of the times what people do is they'll be, well, Paul wrote this. They won't even reference Jesus. And that's the problem because Paul, a lot of the New Testament was written by Paul, his letters to the to the church in Ephesus and his letter to the church in Corinth and in Thessalonians. Where is Thessalonians? I don't even know what that is. I, I'll have to double check that. I, I know at one point. Yeah, at one point I knew. Yes, it's it's a book. It, again, that's a location, but I don't remember what the location was called. Was it Thessal- Thessalonians? I'll have to, I'll have to double check. But uh, <laughs> at one point, I knew. Anyways, the point is, um, first of all, that uh, anyone who just regurgitates stuff and that's the whole basis for an argument. Uh, it's just, the, the, is there anything else there? Like, is there is there an actual thought process in your brain, or you just spit back out? quotes from people and if that's all you do then you're not worth talking to because then then it's just like okay yes i've heard all of this like believe it or not i've studied more of this than you have i love doing that to people who do like marxists and stuff they start talking i'm like yes i read das capital yeah i read the manifesto i'm I'm aware of what's in it 
like and it's not and you quoting it to me or or referencing it does not make it any more valid than you when da, he wrote it like you no know das winning yeah it's it's like that doesn't but again it is someone in anarchism you get this this uh this uh uh, social contract theory come up all the time and it's like yes i went to college i'm aware of the social contract theory it's garbage it needs to be thrown out it's one of the worst philo philosophical ideas that have ever been concocted that somehow we can agree to something that we actively disagree to but we are nope we agreed to it because why oh well because you live in that society yeah because i don't have a choice we don't, and and again, I that technically do kind of have balls. a choice, but <laughs> but for the most part, we don't have a choice. You can't just leave the U.S. and go to another country and be like, "Yep, no more a citizen. Now I'm a citizen here." It doesn't work that way. Not to no. mention, it's no better anywhere else. Again, again, it's like it, it's all the I same. Mean, maybe a few places, but not easily accessible places. That's right. Yeah. Ex exactly. Yeah. And, and any place you go, though, too, then you have to pledge allegiance to their warlord. So it's like, I'm not, I, I didn't voluntarily pledge allegiance to this, to where I was born. I'm certainly not going to go to some other place and pledge allegiance to that place. You know, like, so again, it's it's just a non-starter. But I just wish people would, would take a minute instead of just, I, I think the problem is our education system makes us believe that we're, that we're somehow inferior. And by we, I mean normal people, and that all these people are up on pedestals. Again, you have like these fi figures throughout history, um, and, and you hear about the, you know, oh, the social contract, oh, and, and the founding fathers in the Constitution. It's like they were just people like we are who were flawed and, and, and sinful and, and oftentimes bad, right? Just like we are. But instead, None of us we have lift them slaves. up as holy folk. Not of us oh, yeah. slaves, so we'll pull a little more power to us. Uh, <laughs> uh, Joseph, while I have to go run to the bathroom and pee, repeat again to the audience where people can find you on social media and Amazon and, uh, you know, anything you need to do tell the audience to where to find you while I go run and pee. I wonder if he'll if he'll pay attention to this in, in, in editing. So that drunk is off peeing. Um let's go into it. Uh we have the everat.com website where you can find all the info and, and whatnot. Um and there's links to everything there. But I'm also on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook technically on X slash Twitter, whatever you folks call it today. Um, I should note that I'm very inconsistent in my activity anywhere except for Facebook. So if you really want to connect, that's the place to do it. Um, Amazon, if you go on there, you can follow my author profile, uh, Joseph P. MacLino, and you should get notifications of my books. You know, if you read my books, you should go to BookBub. And you should sign up for an account there and you should leave reviews there as well. Um, if you can, you know, and Goodreads, you can, of course, find me on Goodreads. That's a that's a place that authors have things. Uh, but yeah, you know, I got my three books out so far. The Birth of Death, book one of the Everett trilogy, The Rise of Yezik Stahl, book two. 
And book three, I should correct what I just said to, to be clear that that comes out February 20th of 2024. So that is on its way. Um, I was really trying to stretch that out a little bit, but it appears that uh, that he's taken longer than I would have anticipated. Um, oh, there he is. I thought he might have fallen in the toilet. Oh, doesn't sound like you did a good job of uh, filibustering, sir. <laughs> I I actually got right to the point where I'm like, well, I thought he'd be back by now, and oh, there, that's what you you came right when I well, you should have been like, here's why you should subscribe to the Jeff Macalino podcast. Ah, oh, uh... sorry, I, I thought they were already here. Um, I guess they're not necessarily. You're not. You're not bringing anyone to this podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm gonna share it, but you know, who knows who's gonna click on a podcast about? Uh... By the way, do do you see do you see the way my nose points down here? Yours yes. doesn't. Do you see that? That's bothering me. I got like a hooked down nose. Yeah, you do. I don't know. Is that Angelique's fault? Do you know? I... That's bother. Is that normal? Or short nose People normal. Have or is noses. my nose normal? I don't know. I don't know if there's a normal nose. It, the whole concept of normal is uh, alien to me, so I don't really but, know. Wait, but let's look. Let's look straight into the camera here. I don't mean that close. I mean, I think I have a fatter nose than you do. I have more plump Well, plump if I nose. look straight up, I'm looking down at my camera all the time. Yeah, you have a slight curve though in your nose, but it's yeah, you're right. When you look straight, it doesn't down, look as right? severe. Yeah, just a little bit. But when you but when you I, go like I that, down looks, to my screen, it looks yeah. significant. It looks like a crane beak. Well, see, I I have an advantage because I don't have a camera on my laptop, so I have an external camera, so it sits above. I have my an laptop. external camera up here. That's my oh. my laptop camera is right here, it's below below where I'm aiming. Oh, you know, then it must be this the where I have my seat because I'm I sit pretty low. I am. Um, you probably can't even sit as low as I do, or your your legs would be like crunched up. Um, oh, my legs see, are already crunched. There's up. an advantage to only being I'm five like, nine. <laughs> I'm five inches taller than you, at least. Yeah, mm. but. I get to sit more comfortably in, in this chair. I feel like the bottom of my nose, though, crowns a little bit. I don't know. Well, this is the worst podcasting ever. I should probably hit stop. Though, actually, um, I want to record this. I'm very concerned. I Do I have, like, a, a crane bill? Because that's what no. I'm, I'm, like, looking at. It's like It's like a crane bill downwards. Now you're just making me think whether I need to introduce some plastic surgery magic in Everath for people who are so vain that they're obsessed with the shape of their nose. <laughs> you just just for the record, he has been staring at his nose and and flicking it with his finger like half of this time. Some of the times you might have heard me hesitate or or oh, like no, stumble. No, no, no. Yeah, it's yeah. because he's sitting there pushing <laughs> up his nose. So I've been very concerned uh... about that, but I've been I realize the camera's here. So so how does my nose look now? 
more normal. Yeah, it, it, you can barely yeah. tell. And it, this is where I'm looking that's at you. What, yeah. Okay. So, that must so be it's why. clearly the fact that this is my eye line, and this is where I'm looking. Yeah, look yeah. It, it just looks it's it's exaggerated because of the camera angle. You should know you you're in acting, so you you get it. Like yeah, but I need to talk to the camera people and be like, how how big's my nose? How how much am I overacting? <laughs> And they they talk to me. This is this was weird to me because I'm like, hey, I'm talking. I'm like, why is my why do I have a beak? My nose is generally normal. And it's like bending over. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I do know you did a that... terrible job of filibuster. You were the worst guest I've ever had that I've asked to filibuster. Well, why don't you listen to to it in editing and then tell me if I did the worst job? Because I well, think I, mean, I did a job. In general, I'm supposed to be able to come back and be like, and that's it, that's all. Hope you had a ball. <laughs> oh, I thought it would be and you're more like, interesting. Oh, here this he is... comes with the big nose. Here he... This is going to be your blooper reel. <laughs> Um, like you, you get a you get a built-in blooper reel, or or you just keep all of this. You keep all of this in the show. I think it's good. Like, I'm oh my god, all these, of this in the show. These two are really morons. Like the, these brothers are actually both idiots. And, uh, and do it, I love Prezang? Do I? Makes it that much more entertaining. <laughs> all that to say, if you uh. If if you enjoy fantasy, you should read my Everest trilogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should have pitched that while I was peeing. Well, I did. I, I I talked about the three books that are well, the two that are out and the one that's forthcoming. Yes, and, and uh, you should have pitched like be like, if you're looking for something to listen to, there's the Jeff Magalino podcast. That's my brother's show. Blah blah blah. Yeah, you know. That's the show you're listening to if you hadn't figured it out yet. And frankly, if you haven't figured it out yet, you might be more blitzed than than Jeff Maclino is right now. Because uh, <laughs> you should I know what been, you're listening to. I have been doing shows, to be fair, for about eight and a half hours. I'm doing pretty well for someone who's been doing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Is, is there something else we should touch on? Is there uh a... No, no. I, uh, well, Joseph, is there something else we should touch on or should we end the show? <laughs> I don't well, I've know. Got my, well, I got my crane beak pointed downwards. Yeah, now you can't see it. So, oh, now you can see. It. I don't know. I can't concentrate with that. Oh, there it is. That's better. Hey, you got to keep your head up like that. Otherwise, it's a distraction. Um, hey, guys. <laughs> no, I, I I think it's interesting. I I mean, yeah, I I just go, going back to uh to Everath, Yeah, if if you like fantasy, especially heavy world building, heavy character development, um, there's uh there's some detailed. Uh, apparently, you know, I I never knew this was possible until I until I met Victoria. But you know, people get bored in action scenes. It's like we'll yeah. watch a movie. Like Marvel movies, a lot of times she'll get super bored just during the parts. Me yeah, too. So you, oh, see, like uh, that when most people are like glued to the screen watching, she's like, oh, this is the boring part. And it's like, oh, yeah. I find that fascinating. So like, it's interesting though. Um, I will say two things that that happened with the third book. 
The third book is the first time that I dumped an entire chapter from my manuscript in editing. Uh, my editor pointed out, just because just I mentioned earlier about fluff and how I'm like, nah, that's actually important. So just to be clear, I do cut out fluff when it exists, and I have cut out, but this was the first time there was an entire chapter. And so I started a chapter early on with Telshira. She's a feline character, a cat, cat person. Um, and uh, the first chapter in the book was actually from her perspective, and it was just, and and so my editor comes back to me, she's like, I think you need to dump the whole first chapter because everything, anything important that you communicate, you re like you reintroduce later on when she's there. So she's like, it's completely redundant and unnecessary. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Let's cut it. So just to be clear, there's not, I, I'm not afraid to cut things. Um, and then the other thing I will say that Victoria said that book three, because um, she's the only one who's read it so far beyond me. Um, and my editor, uh, but she did say book three was her favorite. And she thought that, so what I tried to do in book three was while there was still, I mean, there's literally six or seven chapters that are just battle scenes. Um, so there's still a lot of, because they got to wrap up some of the stuff. So there's still a lot of combat, but she said that uh, she really enjoyed it more because I tried to cut out every bit of extraneous detail in the battle scene. Because what I realized, and I mentioned this to you actually, Jeffrey, that like, instead, I don't need to go into depth of like how the blade cuts through someone's skin and and their and you know the damage that's in. I can just say the guy was don't stabbed. Need details and it's yeah, like it it actually doesn't help enhance the scene because frankly, if you're the type of person who wants that, so yeah, I guess what I'm saying, if you're after like uh, graphic violence, you might not find what you're looking for in my books. But if you like detailed battle scenes in so much as like you can picture exactly the way they're throwing their punch and they're blocking the punch and they're throwing a kick, like every detail like that, yes, it's there. But you're not going to get going forward. In book three, I toned it down a little bit. And going forward, I'm not going to go into those graphic, gory details. Uh, just because I, I, th I think it's I think it's a waste. Like I, I And I know that that's... I feel like that's become more popular in modern fantasy to really get graphic violence type of stuff. And and I, there was a time where I'm like, yeah, I get it. That's cool. I, I don't I don't see its purpose anymore. So if you agree with that, I think Everath is the kind of story for you. Um, if you, you know, if you like stuff that's not, the other thing that kills me is these, these romanticy books are so popular right now. So it's basically just romance wrapped in a fantasy world. And, and you know, you're not going to find that, even though there is, I, I, you know, that was a complaint Victoria had. There wasn't enough of Artemis and Savannah's romance in, some, in, this, in this last book. But... Got some more elf porn. Well, there's no, there's, there's zero spice. There's zero graphic uh, in any of the books. Um there, there might be, there's a cutaway in book two, because Artemis and Savannah do end up getting married. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, I mean, again, it's, it's, uh, if you're, if you're one of those people who are just looking for total action, no, no character work, and no, no elf porn, no romance at all, no, then you're not going to enjoy it either. Again, there is, I actually have made it a point, and I I just finished writing the first uh, 
it's it's only in my in the Legends of Everath book one uh, that I have a, a scene where they're all at a tavern eating and drinking. Um, so if you don't like scenes where people are talking and eating and stuff, then, you know, you might not want this book. But I think it's important. If you don't enjoy eating, there's something wrong with you. Like eating and socializing and and it, it, it you know, I think that I think that too often despise a life. Yeah, no, I, and I think we overlook. I like. I think that like no joke. The chat, and I, I know I'm trying to promote the series that's out, and I'm now talking about a book that won't be released for a year now. But um, that has to be the favorite chapter I've ever written. Was what I just finished writing this last week, um, because it's just a fun chapter. And I, I, you know, there's some banter between a couple of the, you know, some male characters having some com- competitiveness and some banter and some, it, it, it's just, and it, it just builds the world. It helps people see what the state of Everath is. Because I, I think we forget, right? We read fantasy and it's such a different world in every way, right? And it's not just like, it's not even just thinking back, first of all, we know that humans have a terrible inability to realize what life was like in like medieval times, for instance. This is like medieval times in another world. So like you need those scenes, I think, to make people understand what the world is like rather than just, hey, here's a battle. Oh, here's here's a chase. Oh, here's some other action pass thing, you know? Like it's, that's the, that's the end, like that's the payoff sometimes, but the buildup is just as important. I think getting to know the world, getting to know the characters, getting to know their personalities, I think is is just as important a part of the story as is killing the bad guy or, or you know, recovering the magical artifact or whatever it is in that story. I think I think the journey is more important. That's uh, that's my philosophy on that. Uh, hey, Joseph. Sorry, I've been fucking with you because I'm a little drunk. And oh, really? I, I, I couldn't tell at all. Oh. Well. <laughs> clearly, because I'm such a professional at not being <laughs> drunk. Yeah, this is this is by far the uh, least drunk you've ever been. <laughs> well, how dare you? I've been way less drunk than this. Many, many times. Uh, yes, at least have. a handful of times. Maybe not that we've talked on the computer, but anyways, <laughs> we're gonna sign off then for the hook nose. That sounds like a plan the, to me. The uh, the other brother. Sorry, the other brother. That's awful. Ah, that works, right? The better brother, but yeah, you know, whatever. But yeah. That's what my podcast listeners need to hear. (laughs) (laughs) All right. For the better brother and your podcast host. uh, Boom. That's it. That's all. Hope you had a ball. Thank you, Joseph. Coming on the podcast. Make sure you buy his book. And follow him on the socials. Make sure you're following me on the socials too. Um, I, I I had a talk with a someone of some importance, and he basically said the biggest thing 
preventing me. My podcast is way bigger than my social medias. So do me a favor. God damn it. Just click the links and hit follow if you have those social medias. I hate social medias. I talk like I'm Chevy Chase in Community. I'm rewatching Community. That's a that's a whole other thing. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, do all the follows. Um, you know, I'm having a lot of fun on FL teams. I've been covering USF football. Uh, Sean Atkins uh, on pace to uh, break all the receiving records at USF this season. Uh, I just did an interview with him. Actually, I'm doing it tomorrow as I'm recording this, but uh, as this podcast is released, it probably is already out. So make sure you follow FL Teams and subscribe to their YouTube channel as well. Um, That's about it. I don't have a whole lot to say, except for Joseph didn't do as bad of a job. I did listen in the edit uh, to his filibustering and he did better. I didn't even remember. I'm going to be quite honest. I don't remember. I remember I recorded the episode, but I don't remember a single stitch of conversation I had, uh, that night. I was way in the blackout zone. So frankly, I think for blackout podcasts, this one's okay. Uh, Joseph hung, hung through there. Uh, I'm still not really sure about all the nose thing at the end there. You're probably not listening to this anyways. So (laughs) thank you, Joseph, for coming on. Buy his damn book. Boom, it's over. Thanks for listening. It was amazing. (laughs) I, I loved it. Be sure to come back for another great episode. I'm one wing away from Jeff Macalino. Of the Jeff Macalino Podcast. How much time did you spend on thinking of the name of your podcast? You went just straight, that's my name. I'll add the word podcast to it. Yup. See you next week.